Welcome back to the Gridiron Guys YouTube channel, and today we are going to be continuing our draft grade series, going to the AFC West, where we had the Super Bowl champion, Kansas City Chiefs, and the Super Bowl MVP, Patrick Mahomes. So let's get right into the Kansas City Chiefs draft. And they had all the draft capital besides the sixth round pick, picking basically the last in every single round compensatory picks. And I would say with a very predictable first round for once, for a change, I would say, the Chiefs took that one player that everyone not scratched their head at. They Some people did question the pick, but no one expected Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, I hope I'm saying that right, to be the Chiefs' first-round selection. Damian Williams was getting some Super Bowl MVP hype, started playing better as the season progressed, and they go in and take a feisty runner who really isn't even the consensus RB1. Not even, I would say, majority of people's RB1 is not Edwards aware. And they make a bold take. Andy Reid go out, goes out and gets this guy. I think he's going to thrive in this offense. I really like the fit. He has that small, tough kind of Frank Gore, Ahmad Bradshaw running style. I think he's more versatile than both those guys because he's a really good pass catcher, really good pass blocker. But he has that same kind of running style. He runs hard. He can play all three downs. And he's going to be an elite back year one just because of that Kansas City offense. I mean, what's the, what's how good can Clyde be year one, Kevin, for the Chiefs? Uh, I think Clyde has a huge impact year one. Um, he won a national championship with LSU, and I think he can help bring that same mentality to the Chiefs. Uh, the big thing with this pick is that it was basically Pat Mahomes' pick. They were going to take uh, Jeff Gladney if he was available, but because he wasn't available, uh, Patrick Mahomes sent a text to Andy Reid and uh, basically got this pick done. Uh Mahomes and Hilaire are going to be great together. I mean, Andy Reid went as high to his <clears throat> went as high to praise him like Brian Westbrook, who excelled under Andy Reid. So who knows? This guy's the limit for him. One of my favorite I, players. I mean, yeah. If you're a Kansas City fan, you have to think Mahomes and Clyde are the cornerstone of your offense for ten years to come. If they're both young, they both show a lot of promise, and I think Clyde fits really well because. He brings a different type of style to that finesse Kansas City offense, but he also can fit in their scheme and, and probably catch 50, 60 passes. That's, there's not many players that can come in and add versatility, but also fit the Kansas City air raid offense, and I think that's a good fit for running back. But let's move on to the rest of the draft class. Willie Gay, who's a good linebacker depth, will help a defense that was playing better as the season progressed. Lucas Nyang, developmental offensive tackle, was a good pick, I think. I mean, Mitchell Schwartz is getting old, and they got to protect Mahomes. He went down last year, gave everyone in Kansas City a heart attack. I think that was a solid pick, good value. But overall, we just gave the Chiefs a same minus because Clyde was kind of a reach. We liked the player. We liked the fit. But there was better prospects available in the first round, and there's probably better prospects available than Willie Gay in the second round. We, we like both the prospects. We just think that the overall talent – KC acquired was just not as good as other teams with their all their draft picks, really. Would have liked to see probably go more in a position of need on the defense than going with running back, more of a luxury pick. But overall, not a bad draft for Kansas City. They just really ignored value with running back first round. 
Moving on to Kelly, Kevin's LA Raiders. Kevin, just deep dive into your Raiders drafts. What do you like? What do you not? What surprised you? Okay. So a lot of people are probably going to be confused um, why we gave him an A minus, but it's not really surprising when you look at how deep this draft is. Um, I've seen mixed reviews going from an A plus all the way to a C minus. Uh, it's really based on how well these guys play. Um, we'll start with the first pick, Henry Ruggs. Uh, this pick, I personally love the pick because Henry Ruggs is going to bring a guy that's going to stretch the offense. He's going to make the defense have to plan around him. And we did not have a single wide receiver last year, so not or so adding all the speed to the outside is really clutch. Um, and a lot of people forget that Josh Jacobs was our whole offense, and he got hurt a lot last year. And that's what happens when defenses load the box, when they know our whole offense comes from him and Darren Waller, who got double-teamed a lot last year. So adding rugs, and then we have um, Tyrell Williams, who will be healthy next year. And then we have a couple more players we drafted later who can help with that. But Henry Ruggs also was a better fit for us, considering uh, Jerry Judy and CeeDee Lamb are both great receivers. But they're more of the traditional wide receiver, whereas Henry Ruggs excels with speed, has a lot more upside in terms of his potential can make him into a Tyreek Hill-like player who has a great impact on this game. Um, Moving on to the next pick, we had Damon Arnett. Damon Arnett is one of the most underrated corners in this class, and I know it's going to sound biased because I'm a Raider fan, but Damon Arnett uh, was targeted basically the whole season last year. He never gave up more than one touchdown in a single season, which is pretty good, and that was all in one-on-one coverage. Uh, he does have a couple of flaws where he does get penalized a lot, typical Raider, but the upside is there. He gets worked on a lot, and he, sh- he wins. He's tough. He's a little bit older than most cornerbacks in this class, but he's a competitor, and he has that very good tackling instinct, which the Raiders love in cornerbacks. And I think he's going to fit in real well with Trayvon Mullen. If um, I may add, just to interrupt quickly, yeah. I think at least for the first two picks in the Raiders draft, these are boomer, not boomer bust. I think no, they're yeah, they're, they're potential. They're these both rugs and Arnett could be god awful, or they could be really good. They have really, really high ceilings and low yeah. floors. What I'm trying to say, and. We had Ruggs as our wide receiver one, but he was also the riskiest out of the top three wide receivers. Oh, for sure. The speed being the primary factor in his game. He's not a bad route runner. He doesn't have bad hands, but those consistent traits are not his main attribute. Like an injury to his legs could really hurt him throughout his career if he can't run that 4-2, whatever. In Arnett, I actually, we were both honestly higher on Arnett than most people were. I would have liked him to take Gladney here. He was our third corner i think arnett was our fourth or fifth but arnett is a guy he's not going to be able he he might be a good fit for oakland the issue though is he he's not going to be really a cornerback number one because he doesn't have those elite physical traits to match up with those elite athletes you see like odell julio a b like old a b michael thomas these are guys that are six two six three run like a four four forty arnett's a more technically sound corner a little bit older, as Kevin mentioned before, who can, I think, really lock down the second corner slot. He may struggle to cover wide receiver ones. 
But if he's able to play corner two for Oakland and he fits the scheme well there, I think he will have a good career with them. Yeah, part of the reason why we took our net was not having a second-round pick. And Mike Mayock said after the draft, a lot of people were way too low on him. And he felt that uh, he would have been higher. And it's kind of interesting because had Mike Mayock not been the GM of the Raiders, I probably would not have liked this class at all. But seeing how well he did last year, it gives me a lot of hope which is why we give him the benefit of the doubt with the A-. minus. Um, but anyways, moving on to the third round, they got Lynn Bowden, or Bowden. He is the ultimate super flex. He played quarterback, running back, wide receiver. And they're going to play him at a mostly running back position, but he had the most uh, average yards per rush in the SEC and all Power 5 conferences last year, which is pretty amazing. And uh, we, I was told he's going to be a... Uh, super flex type of player where somewhere in a Taysom Hill type of role. So I'm very excited to see what he does. Um, our next pick, probably my favorite pick of the draft in terms of value, Brian Edwards, wide receiver from South Carolina. Uh, he would have gone higher, but he had a little bit of a foot injury at the combine. And he is, he has the school record at South Carolina for consecutive games with a catch with 48 career receptions at 234, and career receiving yards with 3,045 while starting three years, which is pretty remarkable considering it was a uh, SEC starter. He's got some of the best hands in the draft, and he reminds me a lot of Chris Godwin. I know it's a high praise, but I think he has a big impact with us right away because we don't have a whole lot of depth. Um, Tanner Muse is another Clemson guy. Add to the... uh, the Clemson factory we have now in Vegas. And uh, he's going to play a lot of linebacker and safety. He kind of blew up the combine running a 4-4. Great special team or two. John Simpson is probably going to come in for Richie Incognito when he retires or we get rid of him. Or Gabe Jackson, $9 million pay cut or hit to the cap. So he'd be moving on. And our last pick, one of the best sleepers in this draft, Amik Robinson, uh, starter at nickel from day one, had 14 interceptions in college. Uh, a chip on his shoulder. He's a great uh, cover corner, deserves. but he may struggle with some size in the NFL. Like he's not, he's not, he's a willing tackler, but his body can only let him do so much. To say it nicely, he's just a small dude. He's not built. He can cover those speed little Cooper Cup guys, but he's not a guy who's going to be able to come in on third and short when there's a QB read option with Cam Newton. Like, he can't bring Cam down, just like an example. And yeah, we also, I think, uh, have the Raiders at an A-minus. A lot of people might be confused on that. They might say a lot of high-risk players are reach on our net, possibly. is because they had five picks in the first three rounds. They had two fourth-round picks, three second, three thirds. I just think that amount of draft capital gives more players to hit. So say if Arnett's a bust, they have three third-round picks that all have potential to be really good. And a lot of people forget it's honestly more important to – it's important to have those first-round picks for those elite, talented players. But in the end of the day, the more picks, it's just like a lottery. It's the more chances you have of winning. Uh, yeah. Last, just to add one more thing. Yeah. Last year, Giants found Darius Slayton and Ryan Conley in the fifth round. They usually draft terrible in late rounds every single year. It just shows you that if you have those extra picks in the mid-rounds, you're going to find those players.
players that even you didn't expect to be as good as they were. That's why we give the Raiders the benefit of down the A minus. So don't come at us yeah. for that. Also, with the high round pick, like the Damon Arnett selection, uh, when you know you're not going to be picking for a while, it's good to get your guy because if you really believe in that guy and you trust them to develop into a great prospect, you're going to see the impact if it pans out. It doesn't matter where they got picked as long as you know who you want. Yeah, the Raiders are an interesting team. They hope to add a lot of talent to surround Derek Carr. But we really don't know what this roster will look like with Carr in a few years. Time will tell, but I think they did a pretty solid job as a non-Raider fan, acquiring at least talent that can come in now and help for the future. But we're moving on to the LA Chargers, our new LA partner. And no one knew what the Chargers were doing at six. Were they going to trade up? with the Giants or the Lions to get their quarterback? Were they going to sit tight? Were they going to draft the position player? Well, they stuck out and picked Justin Herbert out of Oregon. And that was the Chargers guy. Apparently, didn't have preference between two and Herbert. I find that hard to believe. If you think they're both franchise quarterbacks, you have to have preference. But they didn't. He comes in as the prototypical, stereotypical, whatever you want to call it, NFL quarterback build, tall, strong arm can move in the pocket, good enough athlete to extend plays. The only thing is with him and why we have such a low grade on him, people might say for our quarterback three, I think now four in the class, is he's was at times wildly inaccurate and very inconsistent throughout his collegiate career. You watch his tape, he was projected as a first probably first pick in the draft possibly two years ago, stayed in college, came back, and then his season was very up and down last year. He played some of his best football at the end of the year, which gave him a little bit of a rise up draft boards. But he had some games where he just lacks touch, accuracy, and you wonder, can he really be that guy? What keeps our Charger grade a bit higher is having that Kenneth Murray trade up. And they did have to get their third third round pick, I think 71, I believe, to get up to 23. But you're acquiring a player who's in a Kenneth Murray. We love Kenneth Murray. We think he's a great middle linebacker. For an uber-talented defense, the Chargers defense has top-five potential, and they have, a real, they have a good, talented offense, too. Yeah, I, I say this is did. a bold prediction. This is a very bold prediction, but I think Kenneth Murray could come in and lead the entire league in tackles, also potentially winning defensive rookie of the year. I think with that defense, he's going to get a lot of opportunities. I also like some of their later-round picks, too. Uh, the two wide receivers, Joe Reed and KJ Hill, are both good route runners, and they both have a lot of tools to develop into good players. KJ Hill could be a really good slot player too. And Alohi Gilman is a solid special teamer, probably at this level, with uh, the tools to potentially work his way into a uh, Adrian Phillips type of role when he was in LA. Yeah, I've always been a fan of the Chargers doing draft men over the last three to four seasons. I love the Derwin pick two years ago; they stopped his fall. I also like the Joshua Kelly pick. They, they realize they're good with managing their team. They may not be able to get those superstar players like Mahomes that just can carry you to wins. But they realize Melvin Gordon's price tag was not just not good. And they realize Austin Eckler, they got him for cheap extension. He can't be the guy. I mean, we, we all think he can, but they don't seem to think he can. But they added another running back in the middle of the draft who can come in there and just take 100 touches maybe next year just to contribute. I just I think they have a really good sense of how to value their talent on their roster and if they can get that quarterback situation down this year if Herbert comes in plays well I think they're going to be a really good team 
like double digit wins good if they can stay healthy too because that's the classic yeah, charger they, move well it would be the chargers to have a team that's only good if they're healthy but they this team is an elite team they just they need to stay healthy and they need consistent quarterback play they honestly probably have a Get rid of quarterback, they probably have a better roster than Kansas City. They definitely have an all-around better roster. That shows you what quarterback does for them. But moving on to a team that we really don't know much about their quarterback is the Denver Broncos. Drew Locke played, what, like six, seven games last year at the end of the year about? They he played, yeah, they saw enough in him there. to draft their first two picks as the arguably best – our best wide receivers left on the board in Jerry Judy and K.J. Hamler. They were like – I mean, it's the classic John Elway. He, Drew Locke reminds me a bit of John Elway, actually. I mean, he played well last year. We were not going to discredit him. How meaningful those games were at some point, they weren't. He played really well against Houston, but they saw enough to give him a chance. I think he can be pretty decent. I, I worry about if he's only a gunslinger, per se, and how will fit without an offensive line because they didn't really – put anything into their offensive nah. line besides Lloyd. But I like how they go out and they get Judy at 15. Great value, fits the need. Hamler in the second round, we love the talent. I just don't know if that was the right selection for them. But overall, Denver added a lot of talent. I like, I can't even say his name, the tight end of Missouri. Aquibinom. Aquibinom. And I like Lloyd Cushenberry in the third round to get in there. I wouldn't say he can take the job day one. I watched his tape. He's okay. But he can definitely come in there and add versatile depth on the interior. I think Denver added a lot of good talent. And I I also think that it wasn't their fault they didn't look for quarterback in this draft because they weren't really in a situation to do so. But now you have the I'm what am I looking for? The skill positions that if you're to implement a quarterback because Drew Locke doesn't turn out to be good, you have them ready for that next year. I think Denver's in a good spot. Maybe not to win this year if Drew Locke's not the guy, but they ha- they're set up for the future. Is what I like about the draft. Yeah, I know. Uh, as a Raider fan, this team reminds me a lot of uh, when we drafted Derek Carr. That year, we drafted Derek Carr and Khalil Mack in the first round, and at the end of the rookie season, they were able to say, "All right, Derek Carr, our second round quarterback, is definitely the guy." And then the next year they went out and they got him Amari Cooper. They got him a ton of weapons. And that year we went twelve and four, or was it twelve and four? Yeah, you went. 12 no, games. no, no, not no, no. That was two years later. But uh, this this draft reminds me a lot of that second year. I think maybe next year we'll see them make the big jump and go around twelve and four. But Jerry Judy and KJ Hamler are going to provide an immediate impact to that offense. That wide receiver core was abysmal after they got rid of uh, Emmanuel Sanders. Michael Ajmudia out of Iowa is a pretty solid cornerback. He'll get to learn under Boye. They lost Chris Harris, but they have Bryce Callahan as well. So the corners are all right. Their defense and offense are both very balanced. Obviously, their offensive line is probably the biggest concern. Yeah, that's but they that's something that I just want to say yeah. that they have a good roster, but an offensive it's to put it this way. You can have an elite roster and have a bad offensive line, and that bad offensive line is going to bring your team down. It's just going to be detrimental to a young QB. It's probably going to be a lot of turnovers for Drew Locke next year. I mean, Garrett Bowles, they haven't got much out of him what they would have expected. They've drafted him first round, I think, just before Evan Ingram. Yeah, they, they were he, contemplating he both. Really he didn't pan out for them. And that's the concern of this team. They have a 
pretty good roster overall. Uh, they're working on it, though. I mean, they lost like Connor McGovern and stuff, but they got Cushenberry. I think I don't know if he'll, he might start right away, but it's good because they now have a nice center to quarterback young connection. Uh, McTelvin Ajim, well, he's a good scheme fit for uh, Vic Fangio. Albert Aquagbanam was uh, Drew Locke's guy in Missouri. I think he had like 18 touchdowns with him. So that could be a big pickup in fantasy, sleeper pick. And then Justin Strand and Natani Muti are probably depth pieces for now, but both have some solid upside. So I like what they did. Yeah, they, they had an course. overall – I think they had a really good draft. Well, Drew Locke, your audition is this year. You better do well. I like the guy. Yeah, he I also hope he does well. doesn't have the fifth-year option, so they're going to have to extend him sooner. So their window starts now. Yeah, they only have three, three I really years think, left for uh, his cheap contract. I think this year they're probably going to go somewhere in the middle of the pack just because they have such a tough division, tough, like – opponents tough schedule but i think next year they're going to prove to be an elite young team and i think the following year they're going to wind up being uh like 12 and 4 somewhere in that range yeah i like what denver's doing but the afc west definitely had some intriguing draft options um we're going to be putting out the other two afc divisions over the next few days stay tuned and stay tuned we're going to be predicting our nfl awards and who we think is going to be the frontrunner or we predict for MVP comeback player of the year all that stuff and as always make sure to follow us on Instagram we post all of these reports scouting all that there we got a temporary ban right now but that'll be up Monday so just make sure to drop a follow for all the content you're seeing here and stay tuned this weekend probably for our award predictions and in the next two weeks for our other two AFC divisions